Andrea Gibbs. On ABC Radio Perth and WA. It's time now to have some fun in the garden. Roots and Shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. It's that time of the morning where we have Sabrina Hahn in the studio with us. Let me get your microphone on. There you go. How are you, Sab? I'm very well. How are you, my darling? <laughs> I'm wonderful. If you've got a gardening question, give us a call. one three hundred triple two seven twenty 720 is the number to call for your gardening questions to be answered. Or you can text through zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. We love hearing from you and helping you out. Uh, Sabrina, my garden's looking shocking this winter. I um, oh, I'm bit... waiting for the the weather to stop. I'm a bit of a wuss. I don't like getting out when it's raining. <laughs> I don't like getting out when it's raining. Oh, you poor darling. <laughs> it's the one time of the year, though, that you can put on your flash gumboots. Yes. They make very flash gumboots. Yeah. How many days. pairs of gumboots do you have? None. Because I actually really like just, I just wear, you know, my Rossies out. Yeah. Mud stuck all over them. I find that far more therapeutic, really. Yeah, and it's a bit like having weights on your feet. Um, oh, you once know, you've you got all a, the yeah, yeah. mud in your yeah, yeah, in yeah. Your soles. So, so healthy for you, really. <laughs> so healthy. But um, I did notice the other day that there's some worms that are suiciding because what they're coming out in your pavement, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But cr- climbing up the walls because what happens is they get. The, the ground gets true. This is a true story. I wouldn't lie to you, Andrea. They get the ground gets really sodden, and they drown. So they come up and then they air themselves off, but of course die in the process. They just climb up the wall and just yeah. keep going until yeah, yeah until they're completely dehydrated. Oh, that's a and bit dead. sad. I know that's pretty stupid, really. But when you think about how big a worm is, its brain is obviously very, very, <laughs> very tiny. Uh, we've got a few messages that have come through on the text messages already. Um, I have a kiwi berry vine growing over a fish pond. Every year, it gets some sort of tiny bug which causes the leaves to dry out and fall off. Is there a fish-friendly product to spray on it or should I just move it? Oh, fish are so sensitive to just about everything. Um, even the soap sprays, you know, the potassium soap sprays, You, you I'd be very careful if that gets on the water. Uh, because it's right over the fish pond, there's nothing that I can think. I'd move it. Move the fish pond or move the... No, no. <laughs> probably easier to move the kiwi <laughs> yeah, than probably. the fish pond. Yeah, Okay, another text message uh, from Leanne and Corrine. How do I take cuttings from camellias and what is the best time to do it? Well, Leanne, you are <sighs> in for a treat today because we've got a camellia expert coming in. We're going to bring her into the studio a little later on. So I'm not going to answer that because as is much better at answering camellia Yeah, we'll get the questions. professional because you're not professional like that, are you? Not, no. not, not with I love camellias, <laughs> don't get me wrong, and I do have a camellia. Um, so we'll talk. So if anyone has any camellia questions, just text it in or ring us on, what's our number? Our number is 1300 720 or the text messages, bring them through on 04379 So any camellia questions or any other questions, of course, because we take every we take everyone here, don't we? We do, Andrea? including Chuckles from Karen Up. G'day, Chuckles. Yeah, good morning. It's my first call. Um, ah, Chuckles, welcome to the fray. Thanks, Sabrina. Um, listen, I've been in horticulture for a long time, but I've taken over the Dominican's convent, and they've got an old ah, quince tree. Yeah. And I've never 
just wondered if there's any heads up on how to look after that. You know, um, I'm going to prune it, I think. And yeah. Yep. And any spray, I've got to give it to make it, yep. you know, regenerate. Yep, yep. Okay, Chuckles. So what you need to do is you can, you know, quinces you can prune pretty hard. But if you prune them in summer when they finish fruiting, that actually controls the growth. If you prune them in winter, that's to actually shape them, but they'll still get a lot of growth. So... After you've pruned it, Chuckles, it's really important to give it a spray with a uh, liquid copper spray. Okay. I've just bought some of that, yeah. Perfect. So just give that all, um, you know, make sure you get to where those buds are. Mm. And that's really all you need to do with quince. They're pretty, um, they're a pretty generous tree and they don't really get my, many pests or diseases, so... Okay, thanks. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Yeah, and is it a beautiful garden, Chuckles? Oh, it is, yeah. It's, um, I was at Supreme Court for a long time. Right. And then I went to the Education Department for a while, yeah. for 14 years, and just came up. And, um, yeah, I'm very happy there. They're nice people and yeah. the convent is nice. Yeah, and there should be some old plants in there the is, convent. There is, that's what an old plant is, an old fig tree is that. Some to do with, do the same there, basically. Yeah, definitely. At this time of the year, you can do exactly the same to it, Chuckles. Thanks, Sabrina. Okay, no Thank, worries. Thanks Thank so you. much. Make sure you uh, give us a buzz again. Uh, I love having first-time callers. That's exciting, right. isn't it? It is. We've got Mark here from Spencer's Brook. Uh, you've got a question about your roses, Mark. Yes, that's right. I have. Uh, Sabrina and Co, I'm sorry, I uh, my phone cut out last week when I tried to text ah, you about it. Yeah, no, well, we've got you this week, Mark, so yeah. so we'll, we'll embrace you. I'm on my home phone. Oh, okay. In the house on the farm. Right. Um, I'm just wondering how early can I go with uh, pruning of my roses? Well, you can so, do it now, Mark. Okay. Yep, so any time between now and the end of August. Yes. Um, and with your hybrid teas, what sort of roses have you got? Oh, they're... Mixed. A bit of a mix, a bit of the okay. ones that are here when I moved into the house. Um, uh, my parents were living here. So, uh, yeah, I was just wondering what, how, how, how early or how late I could go, that was all. Yeah, well, you can, you can leave it right to the end of um, August. But you can you can stay you can basically prune roses from June right through to the end of August. Oh, it's only if you get heavy heavy frosts that you need to leave it until you know the end of August. But basically within that that you know three month time frame. No worries. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Oh man, you you came in last week with um, heaps of scratches on your arms oh, from pruning yeah, your from roses. Pruning roses. Yeah, you're yeah. very keen. Yeah. All right, we've got Geraldine on the line from Swanbourne. G'day, Geraldine. Morning, morning, Geraldine. What can we do for you today? Um, we moved into an apartment, and mm-hmm. I bought a very nice pot, which is fifteen centimeters across and twenty-five centimeters tall. Yeah, and the balcony where I want it to be gets no sun okay. from. July, well, no, from April till September, most probably. Right. And in the summer, it just gets morning sun. Okay, right. What can I put in it? Okay, so no sun positions are tricky, but you can have um, you can have things like the um, Cissus elendanica. I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's C-I-S-S-U-S. Yep. Ellen. Danica, D-A-N-I-K-A. Right. You can have the old Aspidistra. 
Uh, you can much. don't like yeah. them. Uh, Fatsia japonica. Fatsia, F-A-T-S-I-A. Yeah. Uh, you can have any of the very miniature ivies that have um, the smaller leaf. The variegated w- one does very well in the shade. And how do, how do they grow? How much do they grow? Well, they grow up and down. You can train them on. You can train them on a frame, so you can make them whatever shape you want. Right. And the other thing that's really good is acanthus. And How do you spell it? A C A N T H U S. Yep. And any of the calathea. C. C A L A T H E A. Right. Okay. That's, that's our spelling bee for the morning. I mornings. know, you're amazing. You. It just like rolls <laughs> off your tongue. She's going kind of great, isn't she? Thanks, Thank Geraldine. You. Thanks, Geraldine. You're amazing. Uh, okay, we've got a couple of text messages through. If you want to send through a text message uh, question, you can on 043792220. Um, I love Lily Pilly. So let's go to this question. Lee from Bustleton. Is it possible to transplant, transplant two self-grown dwarf Lily Pillies? They are about 50 centimetres tall. If yes, is there anything special I need to do? They transplant beautifully, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. So cut a little bit off their heads, then put them in the ground. I'd put them in the ground with a bit of compost, a little bit of poo, not chicken, sheep or cow, a bit of wetting agent and they'll just take off. There you go. Hope that answers your question, Lee. Let's go to Greg now in Burswood. G'day, Greg. Good morning, ladies. How can we help? Um, Her long-time listener, first-time caller. I've always always wanted to say that on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know what, Greg, because all the Roots and Shoots programs are podcast, you can listen... I can yourself. go back and see how... <laughs> see how, how, how good you... It rolled off your tongue really well, Greg. Oh, <laughs> exceptional. <laughs> Sabrina, I've got, a, I've got a question about um, geraniums. Yeah? I love, I love my geraniums. I've got, a, I've got a collection of just about every type of flower that I think is out there. Wow. Except I've got one, one little one, which is my favourite. He's a little pinky, oh, sort of multicoloured pink one, but he's slowly shrinking. Oh. Um... And I'm a little bit nervous about to take a, a cutting off him in case it doesn't work and he yeah. gets even smaller. So yeah. I'm, worried, I'm wondering if there's any other way, like his seeds or... Uh, has it has it seeded? Oh, yeah, he has flowers and they, they turn into seeds. But oh, okay. Well, there you go. Perfect. Now, tr- yep, with geranium seed you need, because they're very fine, so get proper seed-raising mix. Um, put them in a a, a little bit early at the moment. You've got got to wait for it to warm up a little bit, Greg. So in spring and make sure that the covering, just get vermiculite, a packet of vermiculite to cover it, to cover the seed with. Um, If you've got bottom heat, it's even better, uh, which is just a hot water bottle underneath the tray. Um, uh, But they germinate pretty well. So like a, a cutting you just throw in the ground, but, but a these, cutting these hot you d- water bottles. Well, yeah, because it, it, <laughs> I know, I know, because they're soft little things. Oh. It's just that it um, it hastens germination. Right. 
Okay. Bottom cool. hat. Right. So yeah. the Mickey Light was the covering, was it? Yes, yes. But just get seed raising mix to put them in. Put them in a nice spot where they get the morning sun, but afternoon shade, and of course okay. a nice protected warm spot. Oh, yeah, so in, like in, inside the house and a shelf mm, or something like that? Isn't it? No, no, no. They need to be outside where they get direct morning sun. Oh, Greg, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. All righty. Okie dokie. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Uh, we got a text message through from uh, Jo. She's noticed some oranges on the ground uh, have holes all over them the size of half a pea. I know it's not fruit fly, but would it be birds, rats, possums or something else? Well, I'd say it's slaters. Slaters? If you leave anything on the ground, the slaters go in and have an absolute ball with it all. Because uh, this time of the year, the, all the slaters are, well, they're just powering through your garden, really. Yeah, just having so, a good old time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and they love oranges. They're healthy things. Well, they are, yeah. Keep, your, keep the flus away. Yep, that's yep. it. They don't want to cough. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Lorraine uh, in Ascot. You've got a question, Lorraine, about dollar spots on the lawn. I sure have, and they're not good dollar spots. They're dollar <laughs> spots that make the lawn look very nasty. They're dollar spots that are going to cost you dollars, Lorraine. Yes, so mm. that's my question. So... Yep. Um, how to treat dollar, sto- dollar spot fungus. Okay, so there are specific turf and lawn fungicides that you can get, but the problem, of course, is you cannot apply them when it rains. Mm. So there's two things about that fungal disease. You have to apply the fungicide sort of later on in the afternoon and leave it there overnight. You cannot water the lawn for four days after you apply it. Do not fertilise the lawn at all, at all because the nitrogen helps feed the problem. So we're going to have rain for the next week, I think. So, Lorraine, you're going to have to wait for a period of time where there's no rain. Yeah, yeah, no, I knew that. Yeah. That, um, and I thought that... And you'll have to treat the entire lawn, not just where you see the dollar spot. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, mm. so I did try a particular product um, that um, has lots of sort of create lots of bacterial um, activity. Oh yeah, yeah. In the lawn, yeah, fantastic. But that didn't. I thought that might have you know supported the lawn enough. Yeah, and given it enough health that it would knock it on the head. But yeah. no, the bugger came back. Ah, okay. So you're going to have to hit it hit it with the fungicide so some of them and how far out from like when when do you treat it so because it comes on in autumn yeah like do you treat it in spring yes you know is that the time to treat it absolutely as soon as it starts warming up and we've still got wet damp weather that's when dollar spot you know all the spores go to town okay so um so so there's there's some of the fungicides that have mancozeb in them Mm-hmm. And they're very useful for dollar spot. Okay. So, All right. Yep. So as soon Thank as spring comes much. and you get a period, say a week or even four or five days without rain, then out you go. Okay. And is treating it once enough or do you have to keep at it? Yeah, well, see what happens. You should only need to treat it once. If you've got all that other good fungi and bacteria in, it should only need the one, the one spray. Mm, okay. See how um, you go. You don't, you don't really know that it's there until... No, that's right. That's right. ...you get right. to autumn yeah. and all of a sudden up yeah. it comes. But I'd mm. just do it the once. 
Okay. Okay. Thanks, Lorraine. Thank you. Thanks, Lorraine. Uh, We've got a question through on the text messages from uh, Jess in South Guildford. G'day, Mm -hmm. Jess. Hello, beautiful lady. She says, yes, we are beautiful. Oh, we are stunning. (laughs) I have a one-year-old dwarf apricot tree. The branches are hanging down. I think the grower has trained it to be an... Espelia. Espelia tree. I want it to be a tall shade tree. Is there a way that I can prune it for the branches to grow up, not out. Uh, okay, so it's only one year old, so that's cool, bananas. It won't take you long to get it as a tree. Uh, so what you need to do, the branches that are hanging down, you need to cut them off right at the trunk. Don't cut them off halfway. So if you under prune the dwarf apricot, that gives it... Uh, a signal to grow up rather than out. And if you just keep on doing that, you'll actually get a tree shape. Do you have to then keep pruning anything that sprouts out of the ones down low? No, it's a matter of clearing out some of the centre so you get that vase shape and it'll eventually grow up. All right, cool. Okay, let's go to um, uh, Boy Up Brook. G'day, Margaret. Uh, good morning. Morning, Margaret. What's your question for us this oh. morning? I have a hydrangean uh, shrub which yeah. gets more flowers than leaves. Is there anything I can do? <laughs> sorry, sorry, the other way around. More oh, oh, I was going to say, <laughs> complaining about other flowers. I was going to say, that's so unfair because yeah. my, I have more leaves. Mine are flowering now. I've still got some on there, but it's... Yeah, they're losing its leaves now, but... Okay, so so with hydrangeas, you need to start feeding them up as soon as they start making those fat buds. Oh, okay. So now is the time to start feeding them up if you want flowers. So you've got to feed them up with potassium. Uh-huh. So go and get sulphate of potash, but also get a liquid click-on um, trace element spray. Uh-huh. So as soon as the leaves emerge, you start doing the liquid fertilising as well. So apply sulphate of potash now. Do uh-huh. it again in four weeks' time because uh-huh. you need that potassium for flowers. Okay. And the, the liquid one? Uh, the liquid one, you've got to wait till the leaves emerge and then you oh, can okay. do that every four weeks. Uh-huh. And you should have... Big, blossomy, blousy bunches of hydrangeas. I love hydrangeas. Yes, they're beautiful. And another question. Uh, I've got some hybrid tea roses mm. and they tend to have more buds on them than they should have. Oh. I like them just having a single bud. Oh. Okay. Do I go along and pick the other ones off? Yeah, you just put, when as soon as they're first formed, just cut mm. them off with secateurs and then the energy will go into the single bud. It depends oh, okay. on the rose. Some roses do that, even the hybrid teas. They'll have, you know, multiple stems and that's just the way they are. Yes, yes. Mm. But yeah. if you prune them off, all the energy goes into the one you've left. Oh, okay then. That's great. Okay, thank Perfect. you very much. Okay, thanks, Margaret. Thanks, thank Margaret. It's beautiful down at Boy Up Brook at this time of the year. Nice oh, to get yes. the fire going with a glass of wine and some cheese. Mm. If you've got a question this morning for Sabrina, give us a call one three hundred triple two seven twenty or text message through zero four three seven nine double two. 720. Uh, hi, Sabrina. Love your show. I have a small bark cooler bar in a small backyard, one metre from the fence and two metres from the house. Will roots be a problem in the future? Cheers, Jenny and Karen up. No, no problem at all, Jenny. Leave it there. Look at it. Say hello. Keep it sweet. <laughs> sweet as, mate. Sweet as. We've got Alan from Dawesville with a lemon tree question. G'day, Alan. Hi. Um, 
Yeah, it's 10 years old, but all of a sudden it started dropping all its leaves. It's looking a bit like a skeleton now. Can you tell me what the oh, problem might is be? It, is it in a pot or in the ground? In the ground. Okay, something very sus is going on there. Have you fertilised it lately, Alan? Yeah. Yep, there's your problem. Now, what do you fertilise it with? Um, rich grow, um, uh, citrus and rose. Okay. And um, how much did you put on the tree? Handful. Uh, three square meters. Oh, okay, all right. And how soon after that did the leaves fall off? Oh, it's been happening a while now. Oh, has it? Okay, all righties. So when that happens, when you get leaf drop, um, it can be that there's something either ring barking the base of the tree or there's something in the root system. Uh-huh. So have a look at the base of the trunk of the tree and make sure there's no cracking or swelling or oozing, um, what I do is prune it back a bit, even though you've just got sticks left, and give it a liquid sulphur spray. Sulphur spray? Uh, liquid copper, sorry, a liquid copper spray. Okay. Uh, that's a spray onto the yeah, tree. On, yeah, well, in your case, the sticks, yep. Yep. In case there's anything harbouring under those buds. Um it was copper spray, was it? Yes, copper, a liquid copper spray. Yeah. Okay. See if that makes any difference. Okay. You might okay. need to have to yeah, have a little look around the trunk of the tree and the root system, make sure there's nothing in there. Dawesville okay. Dawesville's pretty rampant with root knot nematode and that can cause leaf drop. But you'll mm. know if you have a look, um, you'll have all these funny lumpy nodules on the on some of the root system of the lemon tree. It's um Sitting in a huge patch of dichondra. Oh, okay. Mm, well, that won't harm it at all. That, okay. That's fine. That's no problem. A little bit more investigative work. Okay. Okay. Good luck, Alan. Thanks, Alan. Uh, we've got a text message through. Uh, ex- excellent show this morning. Is it too late to prune grapes? Uh, when to prune an no, avocado no. tree, Peter from Balladura? Okay, no, you can prune your grapes right up basically to the end of August, a bit the same as roses. Um, you can't prune avocado trees in winter, though, so you've got to wait until spring before you prune your avocado tree. It's got to be a little bit warmer, so... Yes. Okay. Hi, Emma here on text message. I have a banana passion fruit that gets a lot of fruit late in the season, but they don't ripen. It's happened two years in a row now. Not sure where Emma's from, but would it have something to do with where she's living? Yeah, because banana passion fruits are quite tropical. So uh, we didn't have much of a summer. Like, it wasn't hot. No. Last last summer. There's been a lot of problems with passion fruits over the years, over the last few years. So I think it's a weather thing. Weather thing. There you go, Emma. All right, joining us in the studio to answer all of your questions about camellias uh, is Ez Pashley. G'day, Ez. Good morning. Morning, Ez. Thank you so much for coming in. Very welcome. And Ez has brought some little treats in. Oh, really? Yeah, I'll get them. Oh, there we go. Oh, they're gorgeous, aren't they? Camellias. Oh, they're stunning. 
Beautiful. If you've got any questions about camellias this morning, give us a call one three hundred triple two seven twenty. Uh, you can text them through zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Look at these beautiful darling things. They're all different varieties. Can you go through a couple? They're, they they are quite different, aren't they? And as most of these I've noticed are the. Uh, Camellia japonica. They are, indeed. They're the ones that are flowering at the moment. Yeah. Um, So, we get a lot of people that go, camellias, they're water guzzlers, they're old nana plants, I don't want them in my garden. But, you know, I do lots of gigs in the country and I'll go to a homestead that no one's lived there for the last 50 years and there's two things alive in the garden. One of them will be a beautiful rambling rose and the other one will be a camellia japonica. That's true, that's true. They're not as difficult to grow as a lot of people think. Mm. Yeah. So we, I brought you in today because I get a lot of questions about camellias and I'm not a camellia expert. So the biggest one, the biggest question is my camellia buds up but the buds just fall off before they open. Quite often, actually, when that happens, and that, that does happen, and there's lots of reasons why that can. Uh, one thing is that maybe it didn't get enough water when mm-hmm. it's actually, you know, setting the buds. The other thing is maybe it's too many buds that are there. And the other thing is the soil. Right. So, you know, maybe the, the people have to look at the soil and right. make sure that it's got the right pH and make sure that the plant is actually balanced and what's the best soil type for camellias to grow well, in? They do like slightly acidic soil, mm-hmm. and if they do a pH test, um, if they do it on the on the card that they that you can buy from the local hardware store, um, five point five to six point five. So it's a you know slightly acidic soil. Mm-hmm. Mm. So if you go to a nursery and you fall in love with at least well in my case probably about fifty camellias, <laughs> but you've but you can't fit that in your garden. Um, So if you find a camellia and you bring it home, what should you do to plant it in your garden? Well, the very in the ground, you mean? Yeah, in the ground. Plant it in the ground. Okay, so you have to prepare your soil, you know, and um, with any plant really, you know, soil preparation is paramount. So um, the rule of thumb is sort of about half a metre deep for the the hole Mm -hmm. and about three quarters to a metre uh, wide, mm-hmm. and then you prepare your soil, so lots of compost, all of those sorts of things. But you have to be a little bit careful about adding manure. So mm-hmm. it's got to be um, a manure that's been around for a while, so aged manure and not yep. chicken. No. So, no. you know, all of those sorts of things. But lots of pine needles can be used. Oh. Yeah, compost, uh, homemade compost can be put in there as well, mixed mm-hmm. up really well. Mm-hmm. And then I'd check the soil, leave it for a while, and then check the soil to make sure that it's the right pH level, make sure that that part of your garden is actually slightly acidic, and then plant. And then when you, when you plant, just make sure that your uh, potted plant isn't, potted, isn't planted lower than what it is in the, in the pot. Ah, tricky so, players. Yeah, so it's, yeah. A little bit, it's a little bit tricky. But a lot of people sort of plant it uh, level with the ground straight away, but then they don't allow for Mulch. the soil to... To actually condense, you know, ah, underneath, okay. so it goes lower, mm. and then they put the mulch on the top, mm. and so the soil is actually too far up the stem. Ah, okay. Mm. And um, a lot of people don't realise, is, and I'm sure Andrea does, that um, <laughs> that's where tea comes from. It is. Oh, it really? Is. Yes. Mm. I didn't yes. know that. Camellia so, sinensis is yeah. the is the sort of camellia that wow. tea. 
originated from in China. Mm. Can we grow it here? We can, actually. There is, well, I think it's still there. There's a place in Manjimup that yeah. uh, had a tea plantation going. Really? Yes. Oh, it is still there. Yeah. I've had some of that tea. Yeah. It's uh, it's down near Manjimup somewhere. Yeah. I haven't been, yeah. but, um, yes, I've heard that it's down there. And what about for the home gardener up in Perth? Would you be able to grow it up here? It actually likes colder Oh. Uh, cold, you know, the colder environs. Yeah. Mm. And in terms of pests and diseases, what are the most, what's the, you know, are there any Look, any things that, that they seem are, to be there pretty There are a tough. few. They, they are pretty tough. Um, the thing with camellias, though, you know, if they, the scale probably is one of the worst things because mm-hmm. it sort of detracts from the look of the plant. Mm. Um the other thing is that sometimes you get a little bit of dieback, you know, on the plant. Yeah. So you need to check your soil and, you know, you can add a bit of um, plant oil, yep. you know, so that you can spray that to sort yep. of to control that. Um, other than that, there's not too much... Oh, oh aphids, of oh, course, aphids, on the new, yeah. you know, on the new growth. Um, but that's just dealt with as you do normally, you know, yeah. with your fingers. Fingers. Or, mm. yeah. <laughs> you or a bit of singing. Do you oh, ever sing, um, I, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, camellia? That was terrible. That was yeah. so um, bad. Uh, you, should sing, you should sing to camellias. Yeah. I, th- I think it's very important, Andrea. In fact, I sing to a lot of my plants. We do have a camellia question, I do. We do. Uh, It's come through on the text message. G'day, Paul, in the Swan Valley. I'm hoping to transplant camellias. Is it possible? When and how? Thank you. Now is the time. Now is the perfect yeah. time because they're dormant, you know. So that's the one thing with camellias. Once the, they're in flower, that's when they don't grow. So um, now is the perfect time, Paul, to to uh, transplant your camellia. If you're going to do it from a pot, is it in a pot? We don't know. We don't, we don't know. know. Next message. It just doesn't say. Mm. Uh, if it's in a pot, I'd prepare the ground like I've just mentioned um, and just check the roots of the plant when it when you're taking it out of the pot to make sure that they're not too close together. If they are, tease them out just a little bit. Be careful not to damage them and then just put them in the ground. If you're going to do it from pot to pot, now's a perfect time to do it as well and to just apply a little bit of um, TLC mm. when you're doing it. Yes. We've got Maggie on the line from Nedlands. Uh, she's got a question about transplanting them as well. Yours are quite established, Maggie. Yes, there's a vacant lot near me and I've been um, picking the camellias. They're absolutely gorgeous. There's two big old old trees and um, they've survived despite just being in this vacant lot for ages. And I wondered if that what was the possibility of um, digging them up and transplanting them, whether they'd cark it or whether they might survive. No, they, they won't cark it, Maggie. If, you, if you're going to dig them up, make sure that you dig right around yep. uh, the root base and then trim your tree. Yep. So, um, sure. for example, if you're going... I would trim it probably at least at least a third, maybe to a half, depending okay. on the size of the tree. Yeah, they're pretty tall. How, yeah. how tall would they be? Oh, I think in feet, probably about 12 feet. Right, okay. Yep, it's it's easy to be done. You can do it with a little bit of elbow grease. Yep, good. Okay, so that's not a problem. And just make sure that you apply a little bit of seaweed solution after you've done it. Okay. And water it in really, really well. Great. Make sure that you don't have any air pockets underneath. Sure. Okay, thank okay. you very much. You're very welcome. Excellent. Thanks, Maggie. Oh, bye. 
We've got a text message uh, through here in regard to camellias. Why are flowers on camellias so large in the nursery um, when the plant is purchased and then half the size in the ones <laughs> I'm growing in the garden the next year? So it happens to so many plants, doesn't it? And they pop all the good ones out there when they're just there. You know, I know, they feed them up. They yeah, do, do they, they do feed them up, yeah. So um, probably when you purchase a camellia, you probably need to ask what the, what the nursery has actually done and uh, they do sort of feed them regularly, mm. probably a little bit more regularly than we do in our garden. <laughs> just but just it, on that, where, when is the best time to fertilise camellias, Ez? Um if you're a football person, mm. all right, the way to remember that is at the beginning of the football season right. and at the end of the football season. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a top tip. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give that to the boys when they walk in here. That's uh, that's usually when you do your big, gener- you know, your, your big fertiliser. Yeah. Um, the other, the other way is to strengthen your plant and you can do regular seaweed solution right. and add that to it. And is there a, a fertiliser that's better for camellias? Or you can use a general purpose one or...? Uh, Acid-loving plants, you have to be a little bit careful and sort of be, you know, a bit choosy as to when you're selecting it. So I would look for an acid-loving fertiliser. Yeah. And um, the slow-release ones seem to be Mm -hmm. quite good ones, the Mm -hmm. nine-month ones. Yeah. So they seem to be quite good, which fits in quite nicely with With the the football season. Yeah. There you go. You don't have to set a reminder in your calendar. You just, yeah, you just remember to turn on the radio. That is great. Yeah. Yes, I love it. We've got another one too. We're yeah, this, we're is, the one that we, this is the today. one that we got earlier on. Uh, we refused to answer it because you weren't in the studio oh. yet, but uh, we may have answered it. Uh, already in just the questions. Uh, how do you take cuttings from camellias and what is the best time to do it? Now, is it? Did you say? Uh, no, not, not now. now because you need to take cuttings from new growth. Um, so this is the dormant time now. So they start, camellias will start growing, depending on what sort it is, they will start growing September, late August, September. And you take your cuttings when the new shoot starts to turn brown. So it's sort of, it's uh, a little bit aged. It's not so tender. And so you can take your cuttings then and then just put them into uh, your pot. You can put several cuttings into one pot. I would suggest covering it with a plastic bag, sort of mm-hmm. make a, um, a little hot house, and, uh, and just make sure that they're kept moist. And nine times out of ten... If, if you're lucky, I actually should say, they, they will grow because I don't have very much luck with cuttings, but other people just oh, okay. pop it in and it just grows. So, Should, should you use a hormone gel or something on them? Um, some people do. Some people use Vegemite. Some people use oh. honey. Um, I've actually heard of one person putting a, um, a pellet of wheat in the bottom, you know, for oh. an, a, of each, you know, dibbler hole. Yeah. Yeah, and they put a bit of wheat in the bottom and so apparently that generates the growth I don't know. Maybe because the grain holds more moisture or something. Maybe it does, yeah. Maybe wheat's got a a hidden product that we don't know. It may well do, it may well do. (laughs) Very tricky. (laughs) Hormone gel. I'm just still got a That's why I look so good, (laughs) That's why I'm as tall as I am. That's exactly right, Ez. Uh, We've got a text message through from Carol in the Great Southern. Uh, Can you please tell me which camellia would be most stunning and spectacular, uh, which would be, yeah, to grow, tree to grow? Yeah. Which would be the most stunning one? She's obviously only can have one camellia. So um, what what would be Which one would you pick? 
from where is she from? The Great Southern. Great so Southern. yeah, right. Um, Perfect spot for camellias. It is actually. Mm. Look, I would I would suggest you know if you can go to a nursery and have a really good look around now is a good time to to choose, but I think japonicas are the best ones to grow. They're mm. the ones that are the most reliable. They cope with the weather. doesn't matter whether it's warm or chilly. It copes with the weather a lot better. The huge blooms that people see, they're the reticulata camellias. You've got to be a little bit careful because they're later blooming. So they're just starting now, but they will go through until maybe September. Mm -hmm. And then we get those really hot days in Mm -hmm. September. And so that would be the end of your reticulata. They, they wither. Yeah. But I've noticed in the japonicas you've bought here is there's so many different it's single, double, semi-double, ones that look like peonies. Yes. Because yes. we can't grow peonies here and everyone no. wants to. But that's about the closest thing this pink camellia what's that called that's a debutante that one well it's, that's about as close as you'll get to a peony yes, here in wa yeah. and it's really a strong grower and it flowers for a long long time it's mm. just beautiful debutante a little bit like ourselves yes, yes i know yes. <laughs> always wearing white yes. uh, <laughs> we have, uh, i think it's andrea on the line from mandra is it it's idea idea hi how are you going you've got I a question have... about your camellia uh, yes, I have a camellia that I've got a very, very small garden. It's called a Setsugeka camellia. It yes. has small white flowers. It's about two meters tall. It's been in the ground for about a year, and it's just a long stalk. It's flowered beautifully. I want to know, can I grow it as a tree, as a standardize it yes you can yes that's not a problem at all so you just do it slowly and gradually um setsugeka is absolutely magnificent it's one of the first flowering camellias that um come out did yours come out in about march april yes it's yes. out for months it's just finished flowering yes. now and it's small and it it's got little stems and on each stem it had a couple of blooms all the way up yes i've pulled a few of the bottom stems off Yes. So how far up can I go? Halfway? You can go halfway. Um, Depends on um, what sort of standard you actually want. Do you want the sort of the the lollipop sort? No, more like a tree. I I don't want to prune it into a pop. I, I want it like a tree. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, it should be fine. Okay, that's great. Yep. Because I don't have much room. Oh, right. Okay, then. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. You're very welcome. All the best, Adia. Okay, we've got a question on the text message. I have planted Tamavino camellia. Is that four years ago? End of the patio, south facing, looks healthy, but no flowers still. Any reason why? That's Rhonda from Armadale. Rhonda, if it's not getting any, does it. It should really get light. So that's one of the things that would stop it from um, flowering. Um, I would move it maybe so that it gets a bit more light. And it's, what direction was it facing? Did it say? South facing. South, South facing. Yeah, so it's not going to get any... No, it's not going to get enough light. Mm. So if possible, if it's in a pot, if you could move it so that it's more north facing, then that, that you would have more luck. And someone, some poor sod here is trying to grow one under a Norfolk Island pine. Helen, she wants to know if a camellia will grow under a Norfolk Island pine tree. Look, pine, pine, uh, the leaves from the pines, I mean, they're fantastic for camellias. 
um, depending on the roots. I'm not really quite sure about the roots of a pine tree. Well, the Norfolk Island pine has pretty they extensive the root extensive system, system, very thick root system. Would there be too much root competition? Do you Not think? really, because camellias actually find their own root space. Oh, do they? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. I've got some growing under a melaleuca. So, oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So they do actually find their space. Yeah. Um, the only thing is you've got to be able to make sure that you can get that hole deep enough originally to Good put luck. the camellia in. <laughs> Good luck and, under a Norfolk Island And that tree. might be the tricky part. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you could, I mean, you can do it. You just need an axe, a crowbar. Yes, and, and muscles. <laughs> and there you go again. And a big, and Talking one of, about all your one big of the tools. footballers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, this is, I don't think this is a question about camellias, but let's go to Mark M. Bunbury. Thanks for holding the line, Mark. What's your question? I have a... Um, I, I live in a stratum set of units and we have a vacant block next door and through the... Underneath the fence, we have some castor oil... Um, oh, uh, weed, yeah, yeah. Um, ..things that are coming up. And yeah. I've got rid of the ones out of out of my side, but uh, they constantly come up on, on um, both sides. And yeah. uh, we've, <clears throat> we've got paving on the um, inside um, of the, the fence on my side. Just wondering what the best way to um, get rid of them is and, and to basically stop them from coming back up again. Oh, you have to get... Even the ones that are over there, if you can't get to them and kill them, if you've got some long-handled loppers to cut the flowers off, because the problem with the castor oil tree is when it's in seed, the seeds explode... So they explode and shoot everywhere. If you can get to them, Mark, if you cut them down and immediately paint them with blackberry and tree killer, but you've got to get the seed burden, that's the trouble. It's easy to kill the parent plant if you cut it down and paint it with blackberry and tree killer straight away, but you're going to have to sweep up those seeds. Yep. Do you know, I find it fascinating that, you know, when we were kids, we used to be given a teaspoon of castor oil and I looked it up one day because it's a very toxic Mm. plant Mm. and it's the same plant. Our parents were trying to kill us all those years. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not recommending that you do that, Mark. Do not collect the seeds and make castor oil. Did you ever have castor oil as a kid, Ez? No, I don't think so. No, I'm sure my parents were trying to kill us. I, did, I didn't even know what it actually was when it first came up and it ah. wasn't until one of the neighbours pointed it out and yeah. my, my parents pointed it out and said, um, actually, you need to get rid of that. And I went, oh. <laughs> it's highly toxic. Yes. Highly toxic. And those bloody seeds just go, you hear them popping. It's amazing. Thanks, Mark. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Uh, are they poisonous for animals as well? Everything. It's oh, really? poisonous for everything. Oh, no. Obviously not for young children. No. They get given a teaspoon <laughs> every month, whether they want Made to. Made you stronger. Made you stronger. <laughs> uh, we've got Zelda from Geraldton. Morning, Zelda. Good morning. Morning, Zelda. What was your question? I've got a pawpaw tree that's about three to four years old and about seven foot tall. Mm-hmm. And fruit nearly all the year round. They get to about four centimetres long and they fall off. Ah. Is it's, it a deficiency or does it need a second plant? Needs a second plant, Zelda, because pawpaws are male and female unless you've got a bisexual one. Okay. If you've got a bisexual one, then you have the male and the female plants on the one tree. But pawpaws will set fruit, but the fruit won't come to anything unless you've got 
um, a partner there. Now, if you have, have you got access to a computer, Zelda? No. Oh. Have you got a library? Oh, there's a library in Geraldton, yes. Because there's, you will see on the pawpaw tree, you get male and female flowers. So, um, You've got to make sure that your pawpaw tree either has both or you need to get another pawpaw tree. And pawpaws do very well in Geraldton, Zelda. This has grown very good, yes. If yeah, you don't, yeah, yeah. If you don't water them too much, they're good. Yeah, that's right. So go and get yourself another one, Zelda. Oh, good, good. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Zelda. All Thank the best, you, Zelda. Zelda. Bye. Okay, we're going to be heading to uh, Rob in Rolleystone. G'day, Rob. Oh, good morning. Morning, um, Rob. Yeah, look, this is this week's passion fruit question yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep Fire uh, away. so we've got the, i've got a passion fruit and it's uh it's only about a, a year or so in the ground yeah. but it's starting to send up uh suckers pl- suckers from the root so i'm yeah. just wondering uh, you've got to take them off haven't you how you, far down do you have to go as or? far as you can rip the little sods off okay so Rob. i dig right down to yeah till i hit the roots yeah and and rip them because you okay. need to get some of the cellular tissue that that's connected to. So, oh, okay. Yep, yep. That's your job for this weekend, Bob. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. We've got another question about camellias. Uh, if you've got a camellia question, please give us a call, one three hundred triple two seven twenty. We've got Ez Pashley in the studio. She's our camellia expert. Uh, where are we? Line number one. Let's go to Eileen in High Wycombe. Hi, Eileen. Hello. Um, with the um, camellias, I've got two waratahs. I've had them for over 50 years. They're an old camellia. And they look very much like a peony rose. Oh. Do you know that one, Ed? Yes, they do, yes. Yeah. And it's absolutely magnificent. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yes, yes. Well, Eileen, I want one of those. <laughs> I have to, if it's, are they still available, Ed? I haven't seen them for quite some time. And that's the problem with the camellias, of course, um, because people are sort of making their gardens areas smaller. Yeah. Then when, you know, the, the blocks are being cleared and the camellias are just being. Uh, ripped out so to get the older varieties it's quite difficult so yeah. but there is a camellia society there which is, is yes. how i tracked you down yes, Ed. that's true so how can people find out about the camellia society um they can contact me actually can i give my phone yeah, number out? absolutely yes, my phone number is zero four three eight five double three zero four nine say and again Zero four getting a pen. Right. <laughs> 0438 And um, I can tell them where the next meeting is. Yep. So they can come along with their questions. And um, it's just we meet once a month from April till October. And which you is go the to people's time. gardens, don't we you? We do. We have our meetings in gardens and nurseries. So oh, it's really quite lovely. How lovely. Mm. And that's one way, you know, I have this great passion for the older plants that we're losing now because mm. you can't get them anymore. So it's really important for societies like the Camellia Society and like Eileen's got the beautiful Waratah mm. one that we keep those plants in the system. Would you be happy, Eileen, to um, to share your, your, your Waratah Camellia? With others, she's she's gone. We've got, we got Caroline gone. on the line but, with the question, um, but yeah, we, well, Eileen, if you are, please get it back in touch with us. Yeah, yeah. join the society. Absolutely. Uh, we've got Caroline from Como. Uh, your camellia is not doing too well, Caroline. No, 
No, hello, ladies. Hello. Um, I'm just ringing because I've had it um, for about five years and it's under a massive liquid amber um, and it's just never... That looks really sick. Um, I actually had two. I took one out um, and put it in a small pot, and that's doing really well now. Um, so I'm just thinking it probably should take the other one out, or is there any way of... I think it might be just the, the roots from the liquid amber that's stopping it from flourishing. It could be the roots, but also the, the soil underneath the liquid amber might have affected the camellia. So you probably just need to test the soil underneath how far away is it from the trunk of the pretty close it's probably just a couple of meters right so maybe i if it was me i would test the soil first and then um if it's not acidic if it's not in that range between 5.5 and 6.5 i think i'd be digging it out and putting it into a pot so i didn't lose it yeah Yeah. can it i've got another spot in the garden but that gets quite hot in summer it gets like about five hours of quite intense heat because it's sort of a little walled garden right would that be too hot for it it depends what sort of camellia is it do you know oh i can't remember what do the leaves look like are they um sort of quite narrow um no it's not the sasanqua it's not the sasanqua it's a japonica oh japonica Right. Okay, Look, if it's, I wouldn't put it uh, right near the fence or a wall as such. But you know, japonicas are quite tough. Um, but my concern would be sort of if it's a weakened, a weakened plant under the tree, yeah. and then you move it into a hot spot, it might decide that it's just too much. Mm. Okay. Yeah. You know what I do with something like that? I actually pot it up. And then and leave if, it for a while. And, healthier, and then move it to the spot where I want to put it in the ground, but leave it in the pot and see how it goes. Oh, okay. Yep. And if it starts getting stressed, you know that that's not the spot for it. Okay, Absolutely. great. That's um, hedging your bets both ways. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. But when you do take it out, if it's not doing well, add a bit of that sea, um, the you know the seaweed solution to it. And uh, the other thing is um, add a bit of manganese as well because that helps to strengthen... Uh, the pots and it also the plant sorry and it also helps to um, you know take the stress away from the okay. plant. So if I repot it now, do I fertilise it now? No. No. Wait. No. The end of yeah. I'd 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 use the sea the seaweed solution. Okay. And also the manganese. Okay. And um, and then yes, and just pour that all over the plant. Okay. Okay, and Thank then uh, and then do as Sabrina said. Pop, put it in the spot where you're thinking. Yep, yep. And just make sure, keep an eye on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I ask a quick question about my flowering plum? Or yeah, that has it. to be real quick. Oh, sorry. It's um, I put it in only a year or so ago, and yeah. that's only about three or four meters from a big gum tree. Yeah. And it didn't. It's just ha- it, it hasn't gone very well. No, it's, it's not going to go too well that close to a gum close. tree. Okay. No. <laughs> Too many big plants in this garden. I know, and we want them all, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you. Thanks, Eileen. Thank Bye. you. I know that was Caroline, Caroline, but we do have Eileen back, back on the phone. G'day, Eileen. Eileen. Would you be Hello. willing to share your Waratah with others? Yes, I am, Sabrina. Oh, um, you little beauty. Because, oh, wait, it's not time to deal with it yet, but no. I always have to cut bits 
parts of it back. Yeah. Um, I've not been successful in getting them to strike. Right. Um, but I haven't really concentrated too hard. Um, but quite often, because they have a lot of seeds, because yes. I've also got a beehive quite close to them, ah. um, and quite often the seeds will um, be viable and they come up and they actually still have white. They, they don't, um, that doesn't change. So, Ez, can you grow camellias from seeds? You can. And you they, they will remain true to... Not all the time. Not all the time. No, not all the time. But um, that's a great way of getting new varieties and that's what we're trying to encourage uh-huh. within our society at the moment. I, I think you need to join the Camellia Society, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what, can, with everything else that I, do. <laughs> I tell you what, though, can we, can, if we hand you back to Lorraine, if we can get your number so we can give it to Ez to make sure that your beautiful Waratah Camellia stays within the system. Yeah, no, Is no that problem. okay? We'll just give it to yeah. Ez. We won't pass it around to everyone else in the ABC. Oh, that's <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Thanks, Eileen. Thanks, Eileen. Okay. No problem. Let me just pop her back on hold there. And we've got one final Camellia question. Uh, Julia from Albany, thank you so much for holding. Where is she? Here we go. Julia, how are you? Hello. Hi, ladies. Hello there. Um, What what uh, question have you got for um, Ed? Just when do you prune uh, and how much do you take off? Um, My my Camellia is looking beautiful at the moment. It would be in Albany. It would be stunning. Yeah. the normal time, the rule of thumb for pruning is sort of uh, late August before it starts to shoot. So yes. down there, I'm not really quite sure when yours would actually start to shoot. Is it about September? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So just before it starts to shoot. So you still have some flowers on your on your plant. Yes. Yes. So you can prune it. I'd prune it depending on how what sort of shape you want. Mm-hmm. But is it a japonica? Um, it's a, I've lost the tag but it's a double pink with um pin cushion center right okay double yes quite pretty yes so it sounds like a japonica so uh, you could cut that back or prune that back about a third Mm -hmm. yes and so um that should be perfectly okay Okay. and tea leaves i remember sabrina saying tipping your tea leaves underneath is good for it that's true that's true yes and also thinning the buds I had lots of buds too many about two years ago and it's really paid off because the flowers are bigger and that, yes, that does. Some of them, some of them, when they set the buds, there mm-hmm. are so many buds; it's unbelievable. Yeah. You just can't believe that a plant of that size can actually have as many buds as it does. So, disbudding is a good idea. A bit like what happened with us years ago, Andrea. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that debudding. Yeah, debudding. It's going to happen next week too because this is my last time filling in for Tracy. Thank you so much, Ez Pashley, for coming in and the wonderful Sabrina Hahn. You guys have a wonderful weekend. Andrea Gibbs on ABC Radio Perth. around now for Sports Talk with Clint Wilder in just a moment with the latest ahead of the football field weekend creeping closer to the finals Frio tonight, West Coast tomorrow Calm the Eagles, I think I'm allowed to say that because I'm one of the very few ABC employees here in Perth that goes for the Eagles 
Uh, you can catch me again next weekend, early mornings on Saturday. I'm Andrea. It's time now for the news.